I'm Helen Chan-Webster. I'm currently in organisational development as OD advisor. I've been in the service 12 years and I recently got a new role doing the EDI advisor post. Uh, yeah, my name is Dolroy Galloway, station manager at Tankston Station, which is called Station 26. Been in this job for 25 years now. Served at Darnell Station, which no longer exists. Served at Ribbling, Aston Park, Rotherham, Barnsley, Thorne, Elm Lane, and currently serving at Tankton Station. My name is Henry Zima. I work for um, HR in Employee Relations um, as a HR Administrator. I've been with the service for two and a half years, I think almost three now. So, yeah. Hello there, and welcome to another really special episode of Shout, the official podcast for South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue. I'm Jack, and I've been joined by the three people you've just heard. Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Advisor, Helen Chan-Webster, Long-Serving Station Manager, Delroy Galloway, and HR Administrator, Henry Zima. We sat down together as part of Black History Month 2021 to discuss what life is like within the fire service for people from diverse backgrounds, the importance of positive action and their hopes and dreams for the future of our service and indeed those around us. So let's get straight into it then, and we'll start with Delroy as our longest serving guest. We've obviously discussed the theme of this podcast, Del, and what we want to explore. Could you give us some insight into what it was like for you 25 years ago, joining an organisation where almost every employee was white? I think personally for me, I, I was very, very lucky when I joined South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue. I joined a course with two other black firefighters on, on that course, and... For me, I think that that helped a lot with feeling welcome straight away, feeling got people to talk to, people we can relate to. So I was probably one one of the the lucky people coming in at that time. And then when when you're posted to a station, what we still try to do in the organisation, what's getting more and more difficult, is try to post someone close to a station where they live or... We used to get a choice back then, and I got my first choice, which was Darnell Fire Station. Close to that station again, I was lucky there was a there was already a black firefighter on, on station. So I think my my early career, the, the first couple of years were really quite comfortable because of that aspect. Did that change, Del, as, as time went on or and, uh, as in change, it's it's I don't think it's so much as change, I think it's different challenges with different sections and departments that, that you work in. And it's sometimes you, you can sense that people maybe are not as comfortable working with you as um, you'd like them to be. And I think if, if I could say anything to anyone for any department or section that when you move to a new section or department or someone comes into your team, there's always going to be a little bit of a change in the dynamics in the team. You bring someone new in, something changes. What I would say is, particularly when someone's different to you, we get a little bit cautious and we can maybe put barriers up. But don't be afraid to ask questions, but ask them with a, a genuine integrity of those questions. Someone wants to know about my background and my family and they're genuinely interested, then I'll generally have that discussion. It's when those discussions become a little bit more difficult or they're not quite as genuine that they don't go so well. 
What about you, Helen, then, as kind of the person in the middle experience? How's your experience been in coming into sort of that underrepresented world? Uh, when I first joined, I didn't realise how underrepresented the fire service was because within the corporate staff team, um, I noticed that in our department, there's quite a few females working in there. I quickly joined some of the staff networks um, and um, was introduced to a lot of people who are from different backgrounds to me. Um, so we, so I noticed that there were other people within the service, mainly in the corporate staff. But then I then soon came and realised how underrepresented the operational staff are in terms of uh, ethnic minorities and women in the fire service. So um, I still feel it's a slow change over the years that I've been here. Not much change has since happened, really. Um, but obviously, we've been trying to do that, trying to improve the numbers that we have. So you're the news member in the room, Henry. How do your experiences match up to what Delroy and Helen have described there? It's more or less the same, to be honest. I kind of had an inkling that we were a little bit under... Yeah, under most centres. They weren't like a lot because I just never really used to hear that there was quite a large amount of numbers for people like us to join the fire service. I didn't know people like us work as firefighters or that were like corporate staff members as well. So when I did bump into like a few people um, within corporate staff, it was quite refreshing, quite nice to see. Yeah, without sounding awkward about it. It is nice to see and nice to speak to those about it because it's like you can have that sort of conversation and it's not an awkward one. But I feel as though it depends who the person is and how they cope with it, really. My experience at the moment has been, uh, been all right. Um, I do wish there are more people, but at the same time, it's like... I think we have to kind of push the bell out a bit more to the audience and make them aware that like, they can come and work for us. So I'd like to jump straight in there on some things that have been said, particularly by Henry and Delroy. You both talked about how meaningful and refreshing it was to see people like you within our service. And Del has talked about sort of having role models on his first watch. Just how important is it that we do have role models around the service? And how important is it that we showcase our diversity so that people on the outside world can see it. And can we maybe start to talk about positive action and why we do this? Um, it's just, I feel like it's important that people in the community see that we have a representation in the fire service so that they can um, engage with us, we can learn from them, we can learn from each other and sometimes make it more accessible to get into communities which are harder to get into. So it's just, making sure that we try and make it as easy for those people who are underrepresented underrepresented, to try and apply to become a firefighter if they want to or any other kind of roles that we have within the service but just to lessen any disadvantage that they may currently face but also to raise the awareness because I think people still get confused with positive action positive discrimination what we do as a service to try and make sure we are helping people from um, ethnic minority backgrounds. Is, is with regards to positive action, it is interesting that it is kind of still misunderstood and it's comes to part of what we generally talk with a myth busting, etc. The fire service itself is a difficult organisation to get into. And uh, due to 
the sort of recruitment process that you go through, you do need someone to be able to talk to you and mentor you through that process. It's, it's easy to see that the majority of our staff are white males. And naturally, when you see more people of that, more people that are trying to get into the, the process itself, they generally got they've got access to people who know the role or job, they could be family members or just, just friends. So it's partly due to speaking with staff, family and friends that, that more white males learn about the job. So what we're trying to do is kind of naturally even that out a little bit by doing positive action. So a positive action basically allows us to be able to balance it a little bit, give people insights to the role. Um, it, they, they become sort of almost self self I don't know what the word is to use, really, but they become almost excellent links for us to use back into the community. So not only do we get, it's important for us to be successful in getting people from communities to come into the job, they help us learn more about that community directly. Uh, so if, if it's, we want to achieve our goal of sort of representing communities, we've got to ensure that we meet that goal of recruiting people from those communities. Following on from what you've just said, then Dell about that representing communities again, it, this is going into the myth myth busting area as well. But you know, why do you think it is so important that we are representative of, of those we serve? Yeah, um, I think the thing that straight comes to mind is the old saying: if you can see that person in the role, then you can become that person in that role. So for me, it's very important that I, that, that that people out there now see black men, black women within roles in the fire service, they, they can then aspire to achieve that role. So if you don't see it, then you're not going to aspire to be it. Uh, you hear all sorts of stuff about the making the job easier or the lowering the standards, etc. And I would challenge anyone to have a go at getting through our recruitment processes because they're really rigorous and really detailed. But we've got to keep ensuring that we target people from our minority communities because in everything, in all the work we do with that, we'll just make the job richer. Job will be will be easier for us to to target more communities, more diverse sections of the, the communities that we want to represent. So for me, it's kind of it's an important thing to do to contact people from minority backgrounds to ensure that we um, the more people that we work with nice. from different and diverse backgrounds the better that we would understand our communities that are full of people from different diverse backgrounds. Yeah, just to reiterate what Dell said, you know, I've just thought that it makes things more accessible. Um, if we can attract, retain and develop the uh, people from ethnic minorities, we can use the skills and knowledge that they can bring towards a team, that they can share with people within their team. So that just makes us more equipped to understand the diverse communities that we have within South Yorkshire. Yeah, if you see someone that looks like you, it's easier to communicate with them. So like if you if you are communicating with someone that looks like you, you can contact them about issues that might affect your community. You can request help about fire safety matters. It develops an understanding internally and externally with different partners because some of the partners that people know within communities, we won't have got in touch with, although we have got in touch with a wide range of partners, and we understand their cultures, their values, and their experiences a, a lot, a lot easier. That's where part of working with someone from a different background really can be rich and really make the organisation itself 
able to function better because it's getting it's getting first hand detailed experiences of lived experiences of people from those communities. Thanks, Bo. So, regards to that rigorous process, this is something people say to us very regularly. There is a myth or perception that we've lowered standards. Can I bring you in on this, Henry, as someone who literally works on our recruitment process? So, I mean, for a start, when someone sends an application to us, we remove and redact their personal information during the sifting stage. We literally don't know their name, how old they are, where they're from, or anything like that. We judge them totally on the quality of their application. So nobody out there is getting a leg up, are they? So when we get to application forms, um, we don't look at the backgrounds or anything. We literally do just tend to look at how they've done within the application form. Um, I think the issue or might not be, well, I think the issue is at the moment because most ethnic minority background um, places are in contact as much or they're not they don't feel as though oh they could be a firefighter no kind of I want to say there's no kind of role model like Del was saying earlier if if I've not seen if I've like kind of wanted to be a firefighter but I've not seen somebody from the same background or similar background to where I'm from then that kind of puts like doubts in my mind so I think that's where people, some people may apply and some people may not because of those reasons. Or it might be a case of they might be struggling with the process because depending on the job, especially for like the whole time, the whole time should process like so many like assessments you have to go through, etc. And if they don't have help in hand or know what they need to do or reach out then it makes it a bit more difficult for them and as an organisation we still need to ensure that we have the right members of staff for the jobs because as you can imagine if for a firefight it is quite an intent to have. Can I just add to that so in terms of positive action positive action stops as soon as someone starts at the interview stage so obviously we've got them to that point we will do have a go days or have a chat days or anything to get ethnic minority groups to that point so that they are more aware of what the recruitment process is then all applicants are treated equally and, and it's based on merit then you know so we don't lower the standards but it's getting ethnic minority backgrounds in up to that point of applying for a position and I think a lot needs to be done in terms of raising changing the perception or raising the awareness about what a firefighter does for those people because people see or stereotype it as a typical white male job they don't if they don't see any chinese female firefighters they think it's not the job for them or changing the perception of what the role actually entails it's not always about putting fires out it's going into the community going into schools uh, doing talks so it, that is where we need to do more about raising the awareness and changing how the role of the firefighter has changed over the years yeah, and I think there's, there's definitely, listening to Henry speak there, there's, there's definitely something about when you see someone that, that looks like you I, I, for, for about the 25 years that I've been in this job. I remember turning up to the training and development centre and there was not one other black person in the whole of the process that, that I went through. And, and as I've said earlier, referring back to what I said there, getting to station, uh, well, getting to the recruit course and getting to station, it was really 
was quite surprising to see another person from a, from a black background. And that was really comforting to me. I can't tell you how comforting that actually was. And I think I can see why people, when they're coming to the have a go days and everything else, we put a have a go, go day and we specifically target a, a section of the community from minority backgrounds. I can see the comfort in that. So I didn't feel, I wouldn't say I didn't feel welcome. It just felt, it just felt, you, you did, I suppose, alone is the only way that you can do it. And uh, the only way that you can comment on I mean, it, you, you do feel alone. You feel a little bit more nervous about going through the process. So if they see, if candidates that are coming into the role see more people from that background, they're going to feel a bit more confident, a bit more confident. It's going to, it's going to just encourage them to, to, to try and get through that. That process because it is a tricky process it's not tricky and we we can't let anybody out there think that getting into the fire service is easy because it's not it's a difficult process not that we're trying to put you off just trying to prepare you and with all this in mind then what would you say to someone who perhaps doesn't appreciate the need for positive action so someone who might call it box ticking because we do get those comments well regards to the the, the term box ticking and and that sort of thing, you can look at any work that's done, you can call it um, ticking boxes. So, it, but for me, positive, positive action is a way of just offering opportunities out to a section of the community that we want to, to represent and we want working within our job. So that, that for me, this positive action is how do we communicate and inform people out there there is a role that they can do and we want them working with us to make South York Fire Rescue a better place to be. Certainly no corners cut, and there's very few people making it onto the train on a tour training course, regardless of their bo- their background. So, regarding tick boxing, it's, it's just a term that sounds like, for me they've, they've applied it incorrectly. Once again, I think it's just getting getting people making them more aware about the disadvantages that ethnic minority people do still face. So, by doing positive action, it gives them a level playing field to get them to that point where they can even think about applying. Uh, and making them more aware about what the role entails and how they can actually become a firefighter. You know, it's 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 a role that they can do, but making them sure about what the process is and how they can actually even apply in the first place. So I think now feels like a good time to maybe just go back to the original drama behind this episode, which is Black History Month. So this is something we've gone big on in the last few years. We did a physical exhibition in 2019 and online version in 2020. Why do you think it's so important that we do this and that we celebrate Black History Month like we have? For me, once again, it's raising the awareness and keeping that continual engagement with the communities and to see where where Black people have historically been to where they are now and celebrating everything that they've achieved. Um, so it just, once again, gets people talking about it. For those who aren't aware about what Black people have had to face um, in the past and how they can educate themselves and other people all coming together to learn lessons from each other um, so just standing united against racism really yeah, yeah. Ella's made some really valid points and it just it makes me remember sort of things that I've learned by just watching the TV lately by reading different articles lately online um, stuff that's put out there by a lot of other partner agencies with regards to Black History Month. Black History Month has really been improving, um, I think, on so many levels over the past couple of years that it's really refreshing to look at the TV now and see so much stuff and even dedicated channel, uh, channels to, to Black History Month. 
I think it's important for me that Black History Month, it's almost, again, picking at some detail in there and saying celebrate Black History Month. It's, for me, I think they may have, may have used the wrong word there and it should have been recognised. Let's recognise it. For me, it's a recognition. The more that we recognise, the better we understand how much people from different backgrounds have contributed to not just this country, but to the world. And that's what, for me, is important. It's that contribution of work. We understand how to be contributed to society. We understand how well this society is actually doing because people have, have made inventions, because people have developed uh, products. And without that, we can't recognise how valuable diversity is. And that's where I think Black History Month really has got a place. It's just a little stop check to look back and say, this is what happened and this is, this is who did it and this is why it came about. Definitely feel as though celebrating it um, is a good thing. Well, great, especially from our organisation point of view as well. And now that I've noticed that it is literally everywhere, whilst before, if I think back to growing up, it kind of was a thing, but it kind of wasn't. It was just like you would hear about it once and then that was it. They would just continue on. Now it's more like you see it everywhere, you hear it everywhere. And it's quite refreshing because it just shows how far we've come in society. And you see all these people get into like high roles or how far they've come in life. I mean, it's it's always going to be an awkward kind of thing to wrap up on. Or have discussion, like have open discussions with some people might not share the same views, but at the same time, equally, it does show at the end of the day how far we've all come in life. And like the fact that it's plastered everywhere, and like Dell said, now it's on TV and stuff, and there's dedicated channels, I think, on Netflix as well, which primarily everyone goes on. It's lit there's literally like I think it's like a category of like Black History Month with all the black related films there. So if people wanted to educate themselves, they would watch that. I mean, I've seen a few things that have been quite good to be fair. But I think even having that at day and age is a positive thing. So I'm happy that it's exploding into a beautiful thing. I'm quite excited to see what happens throughout the next few years of how much um, advertising will be and stuff. I think celebrating it. I think... No, celebrating it. I think, once again, it's just to get people talking about it, because already um, my son came back from school last week, so they talked about Black History Month at school um, when they were doing PE, and just raising the awareness from an early age. So it's, once again, putting that at the forefront of people's minds, getting people talking about it. And educating people. Yeah, I absolutely agree with Helen there. My, my daughter, she's nine years old. It's really refreshing to, to hear her talking about Black History Month in school, something that would never have crossed the sort of the school curriculum when I was at school. So to yeah, I have to admit, Helen, that is it is a wonderful thing when your daughter comes home and starts talking about Black History Month. Yeah. Thanks, team. So there's some really good points in there. Before we move on, I just want to pick up on something. That Henry said earlier, which has just come to me. You said you felt refreshed to see people like you when you joined the service. 
But prior to that, you just expected there wouldn't be anyone. At the time, as you sort of waited to join us, how did that feel? Um, you know, starting a no, new job coming, nerve-wracking experience as it is. Um, it's a bit of a weird one. Um, I feel as though it was like a lifetime ago, but it really wasn't that long, more or less. Just like, just like with any other job, it's a bit nerve-wracking, like way you go, because obviously you're meeting new people, etc. I think at the time, I think because it was refreshing, like seeing people. I kind of built up in my head that oh, I'm just not gonna see like people like me. It's gonna be absolutely fine. I'm quite a confident person, anyways, and I get along with anybody and everybody. So. I kind of just kind of I just built that up and it's not really been it weren't really an issue like from my behalf because I kind of knew where I was coming from um where I was coming to like back then like you do hear about the fire service being primarily just full of white people um so at that there are quite a few ethnic minorities there as well it is like oppression but before going in, it was nerve-wracking. But I think it's the same for any other job, like you go to these days. Like, you don't know who's going to be there or what to expect. But as long as you get on with everyone, it should be fine. Okay, so all that remains now is our quick-fire questions. So I want to know your proudest career moment to date, what you would say to someone considering a career in the fire service, the most important trait for someone working in the fire service. And finally, what your hopes and dreams are for the future of diversity in fire and rescue. So uh, proudest moment of the career so far, I would say uh, getting through the pandemic, um, working from home, trying to maintain the whole of the development for operational staff and implementing new systems um, and still saying, Still, still smiling. <laughs> what would you say to somebody considering a career in the fire service? Definitely uh, look into it. There's plenty of opportunities depending on whatever role you want to do. Um, it's definitely a good employer of choice. Um, just there's plenty of opportunities if you want it. Um, and just, yeah, it's a good career to move into. There's so many different ways different departments that you can go into and something I wish I kind of knew more about before I came into the fire service because I didn't think it would be a career or you know ethnic minority backgrounds become an operational firefighter that is something that I've only really learned since joining the fire service but it's you know I could be a firefighter if I was you know Chinese woman. The most important trait or characteristic for someone working in your department? Resilience, pure resilience. Um, just keep keep going and keep trying. Still, plenty of things you know uh, to get involved in, to do, to change. Uh, so, yeah, definitely resilience. And then, what would be your dream for the next ten years? To see lots of ethnic minority firefighters join the recruits team. You know, to be the majority rather than the minority. And, and hopefully in the next year when I'm doing that, my EDI role to actually make a difference to even maybe get a handful of people who are from ethnic minorities, that would be a great achievement for me if I could do that. Awesome. Thanks, Helen. Thank Henry, you. do you want to go next? 
Hardest career moment. <laughs> I would possibly say get through the pandemic because it was very difficult. Um, I don't, yeah, it was very difficult. Just adjusting a new way of working and also having life balance as well. It was very, I look back at it now and it does make me laugh because it just makes me think 18 months has gone like that, but yeah, I would say that's the proudest moment for me so far. Um, considering a career within the fire service, definitely. Um, it is a great place to work. Everybody is literally like a big family. Like everyone gets on so well. And whoever joins would just, whoever joins would just love it. I love working for the fire service. I absolutely love my job. So I think, yeah, come and join. It's a great place to work. <laughs> um, most important traits. I would probably say, like, honestly, I'm always honest with everybody um, in the best way and just try and, yeah, be honest, really. Like, if I just think honesty is, like, a good trait of... Um, especially in the working environment as well, because let's say for an example, if you're struggling with people and you're not honest with it, not the individuals just not gonna know about it. Whilst if you are, then they can look at alternative ways to help you and suit your needs as well. And then the fourth question was, you know, what are 10 years? I kind of want to see a lot of more ethnic minority people. I do want to see like, a large bunch of them, like just a big part of them. Um, and yeah, and just have lots of culture within the fire service. So you just add that in, add it to the mix and just be great to see. We're getting there. Bit of Dell. Question one, is that pr proudest career moment proudest, on yeah. the list? Yep. Right, proudest career moment is basically, it's funny because I look up, I had to list a few things down that I looked at earlier, list a few things down that I've done in my career. I can't think of one moment that actually stands out as a sort of a proudest career moment, but I've done a number of things that I'm proud of doing in the fire service itself. I think probably one of the proudest things I ever did, ever, ever did was being able to just run from a flat to my mum lived across the road when I first spent six years applying to get into the fire service, gone through three three different application stages, but a five-year gap of not recruiting anyone and running around to my mum's house and say, I'm not going to be laid off from fire, uh, laid off from, laid off from fire, laid off from the building site again because I've got a job in fire service. I couldn't wait to just go around and tell her we just had a big bug and that was just a, a real relief that, I wasn't going to be laid off from a building site anymore. Uh, being one of the first people involved with a couple of others to run the Young Firefighters, uh, which is now the Cadets, I was really proud of that. Being the first person in South Yorkshire to run Prince's Trust Corps, I'm really proud of that. Uh, being the first person to work in CHQ, as far as I know, to recruit people from minority backgrounds and join this organisation. Being the first person, as I recall, to run the ADC process within... The fire service, getting promoted to leading firefighter, promoted to watch manager, being the first person from my recruits course to get promoted to station manager, being the first 
um, national FBU beam rep, being asked to uh, MC at the AFSA conference, and something that I, it's just a little personal thing that I did really enjoy. I've got to say was winning two world titles at the World Firefighter Games in back in 2008, which I'm not in that sort of shape anymore. So when it comes to being sort of thinking about that proudest moment. I think still, even today, the simplest, proudest thing that I like doing is wearing this uniform and walking the streets and representing South Wales Fire and Rescue. So for me, that's the proudest thing is wearing this uniform. I know that's, that's a perfect platform for what would you say to someone considering a career in the fire service? Like a lot of people out there, there's a number of different industries and lots of us have worked in other industries. But when you work for South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue, for me, the single thing about this job is um, it, it's, it's the conditions of service. I've worked printers, building sites, various other little haddock jobs, and there's no job out there that, that compares to the conditions of service within South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue. It's a great job. You really do get looked after by the organisation. And uh, the other sort of thing for me, and I've always said this, what I love most about this job is being able to help someone, no matter what we what job or role I've done or department I've been in, I've always had that opportunity to go out and help somebody else out there. And once once you can do that, you go all happy. It's just as simple as that. There's no job out there for me that allows you to help someone else uh, like, like it does for us. So for me, that's the best job in the world. And what's the most important trait or characteristic for someone working in your department or I guess someone applying for a firefighter role perhaps? Um, I think it's a teamwork thing. I'm kind of, kind of, I suppose that links into the last question. Which I've, it's definitely a teamwork thing. It's definitely that, that will, willingness to sort of help someone else. But the fire service gives you that, that opportunity to help someone else. So if you're considering to come into this job and you're that sort of person that likes to work with us and likes to help someone on a daily basis, then this kind of is a job for you. Again, it's, it's really difficult for us to put into a nutshell what the fire service is about. So it is kind of important that you, again, and I know this podcast probably not meant to do this, but direct people to the website, have a look at all the information that's on there because this job is so much more than you realise that it actually is. So when you talk about characteristics, for me, we all might have got a, a single characteristic that we think is right, but there's a number of characteristics and you're going to fit into these in different ways some are going to suit you more than others and some are going to suit you a bit less. But it is important to get on that website, have a look, identify people in the job uh, that you can or find people in the job and have a quick, quick chat to me if you can. Attend the positive action days because, again, we're going to try and give you as much information as we can about the job and what it does and just give you that, that insight. And finally, what is your, uh, your dream for the next 10 years for this, this service? Um, dream, I've just been thinking about that as, a, as you asked Henry and uh, Ellen. And I just had to scribble a few things down onto these papers I could remember them because uh, there's, just a, there's a few things that I would like to happen in South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue. And hopefully, when I've retired, um, I can look back and see that. And that's that I would love to see us truly representing the, the communities that, that we serve. I'd love to see the staff network that we sort of brought back to life a couple of years ago, thriving, happy, and supporting people from different backgrounds in the job. I'd love to see firefighters from different minority backgrounds actively 
happily working and engaging community. And I suppose the last thing that I'd love to see within the, the fire service is that they never need to run positive action day again. And that's it from us. I hope you've got as much from that as I have. And please, if you've enjoyed it, do give it a share with friends, colleagues, and across your socials. And feel free to subscribe to our podcast for more episodes.